Mum As You Are is a place for self-compassionate reflection to use what you have within you right now as you are perfectly imperfect to find your way through motherhood. I'm Dr Erin Bauer, clinical and perinatal psychologist, author of More Than a Healthy Baby, course creator and mum of two. This is my second podcast, welcome if you've followed me over from my birth trauma work. This current podcast offering is bite-sized, unfancy and unplanned. A roadmap for finding your way back to self-compassion and how to replace numbing and escapism with true, meaningful fun. I talk about motherhood as an identity and an institution, perinatal mental health and patriarchy, parental burnout and numbing. The core message is to practice the question, I wonder. Instead of judging ourselves and engaging in comparisonitis, we simply ask ourselves, I wonder. I wonder. Before we start, I just want to say I'm so excited to be releasing my second book, Social Media Detox for Mums, A New Way to Find Balance. You can pre-order a copy from January 3rd, with the official launch day being February 2nd. From all good bookstores in paperback and e-reader versions with the audiobook to follow. Obviously I'm biased, but there are some really useful tools in there for any mum that you might know who's in need of a break or maybe even just wants to test if social media is actually necessary for their business and connections with people. Pre-orders are super important for getting the book noticed on launch day. I'm obviously not personally using social media to promote the book, so this in and of itself is going to be an interesting experiment to see how book sales go without it. I'd love your support in sharing the word. Thank you so much. It's a good day to talk about something that a lot of us struggle with in motherhood, perfectionism. It's a good day because I'm still feeling pretty under the weather. I'm recovering from the illness that shall not be named. And I can hear in my voice that my energy's low and I'm still a bit congested. But on we go. It'll be fine. <laughs> so part of what I wanted to do today is talk through a tool, a strategy for how to get back that feeling of being capable. Because a lot of struggle, I think, with feeling perfectionism, like there's a few ways to explain it. One is that I say perfectionism is just a way of like avoiding fear. Often perfectionistic tendencies, thoughts, behaviours, it all comes down to fear. It's the fear of not being good enough. Maybe it's some shame, whatever it might be. It's this like false thing that you hang on to, that we all do, by the way, every single one of us does it, where we think if I just get X, Y and Z elements right and perfect, I will finally be accepted, loved, and considered worthwhile. That's essentially what it comes down to. So even if you're really, really depressed through this, this strategy I'm gonna teach you, even someone who's really depressed can do this. Most people, I would say, with support, with some assistance. So it's about being able to access the brain's positive memory network. So we know it's just like, it's called different things in different styles of therapy but essentially it all comes back down to this idea that when you focus on 
the things that have been going right, the things that have been going well, the things that you look back with fondness, and in this case we're going to use thoughts and words more around feeling capable and competent because that's a huge part of where the perfectionistic sort of stuff comes from. What we want to do is start accessing that memory network and it's in there. Even if you're really, really depressed, most people with some support and some love can do this. So first of all, you might want to come up with a word. So if you're feeling incapable, incompetent, feeling like you don't know what you're doing, you want to come up with a word for how you'd like to be feeling instead. It doesn't necessarily have to be the opposite, but sometimes that's a good place to start. So start with the opposite. So if you're feeling incapable, then the word you might choose might be capable. If you're feeling incompetent, then you're going to choose competent. You might also choose words like adaptive or resilient. Resilient is sometimes a word that is easier to access if you're feeling really, really, really like you do not have your stuff together. Most people can kind of get to like, all right, give me some examples of when you were resilient, like you're in it right now. So we're going to search the memory bank for examples of when you felt like this. And the nice thing about this is it takes you back to something that's familiar that you can manage. For a lot of people, that's going to be work. It might be sport. It might be school. You can go back as far back in your life as you want. The idea is not to obsess over what's the perfect example and is it relevant and is it good enough. You're just going back to a memory where you resonate with this word, where you felt capable, for example. And this is something that happens to a lot of mums I talk to. You go from being in a job, which even if it had its elements of not making you feel that capable all the time, there was usually a few things that went on. You got some sort of acknowledgement for your work. Now, whether that means you got noticed and you got praised and people said thank you, that's one thing. I mean, at least you got paid, right? If nothing else, you went to a job and you got paid. There was some sort of acknowledgement that you did something and you got something in return. Motherhood is not always like that. So let's go for an example that you can access, you know? Think of a time that you felt capable at work and bring that to mind. And then once you've got it, you want to make sure that you actually believe that memory. So I would say when people say things like gratitude and affirmations and positive thinking don't work, it's usually because you're trying to convince yourself of something that your subconscious doesn't actually believe. You can't force a positive memory to connect with a word like capable or competent if every bit of your body is just saying no. So this is a problem you can see, for example, with birthing. You cannot convince people to trust their body and let go if in actual fact they do not. They do not they don't trust their body at all. So I would say that's we're getting off topic a little bit, but hopefully you're resonating with the idea that you need to believe this idea. You need to believe the word associated with the memory. So it needs to have, I would say, at least 50%. I'd like more, but if you could only do 50%, that would be fine. That you resonate with this word. Don't go into, does it count? Does it good? Is it good enough? Any of that. It's not going to be useful for you to do that. So <laughs> once you've got it, stay with it. And then see if you can find, ideally, three to five more examples. Again, you're accessing your positive memory network. When were times in your life that you felt capable? 
It might be making a sandcastle on the beach when you were five. I don't really, it doesn't matter what it is. We just want to keep accessing those memories because the more that you go back to it, the more you're going to get. You get more of what you concentrate on or however that quote goes, I can never quite remember. But this, see, this is the amazing thing, right? If you bring to detail as much sound, sight, smells, how did it feel in your body? What did it feel like? You want to try and get a real bodily felt sense of what did it feel like to feel competent and capable in that moment? And this is the amazing thing about the human brain. For all its sophisticated things that it does, it doesn't actually know the difference between what is real, what is imagined, what is a memory, what is a fantasy. It's actually pretty cool if you can tap into that. So unless you tell it, this is a real thing that's happening right now, your brain doesn't know the difference. So go back. This is why um, suggestion and hypnosis works. It's part of why it works anyway. To feel what it is, to have, for example, the sensation of like a ripe, juicy lemon in your mouth and biting into that. You can, with enough detail and enough guidance, potentially conjure up what that feels like, even though you know that there's no lemon here. Um, that's an old hypnosis technique that I've used for years and years and years to convince people that your thoughts are actually pretty powerful. So you get more of what you focus on. So keep going back to the network of, I can do this. I felt capable doing this. And a whole range of other things will open up to you. Now, the point of doing this is an alternative to sitting there and trying to convince you that you are capable in motherhood and you can do this. You're going to need the proof, right? You're going to need the proof that somewhere in there <laughs> is a girl, is a woman, is a whatever you identify as, who has at some time felt capable before. And just because you're not feeling capable in what you're doing right now, doesn't mean that you're not capable. It's part of the learning process. Making mistakes, feeling like you don't know what you're doing. It's part of how you become more capable. It's how, it's how you become more confident. So I'd invite you to write down, five would be a good number, on a post-it note, an index card, you could put it in your phone, pop it up on the fridge somewhere and go back to these. Somewhere that you would see it would be ideal because the brain again does really well with repeated exposure to the idea of what you want it to do. You want it to remind you of the feeling, not just the thought, so this is important, it's not just the thought, it's not just the memory, it's the felt body sense of what it feels like to be able to do hard things, to be able to feel like you can do something. And I want you to have this somewhere where you can look at it in a pinch, right? Remind yourself that you can do hard things. Even if you don't feel capable in this moment, even if your child is screaming and you still haven't figured out how to settle them, you can't get them to sleep, your toddler's got issues, your kid in primary school's got issues, like there is always going to be issues. There are always going to be moments of just when you think you've mastered something, you feel completely and utterly incapable and don't know what you're doing that is okay. You can give yourself permission to sit in self-compassion instead of shame and go back and find the proof. Go back and find the felt bodily sense of what it feels like to feel capable and keep adding to your bank. Keep writing this list. This might be another thing that if it's finding, if you're finding it's helpful for you to sit and journal on it. Keep writing list after list after list of every single memory you have of whenever you felt competent 
whenever you felt capable, whatever your word is. So this technique, it comes from a few different bits and bobs, as I said, but um, it's, it's helpful. It is really, really helpful. So you can find, if you want to read more about it, you can find examples of this in schema therapy, in, I've taught it in hip, hypnobirthing, in hypnosis. It's part of um, EMDR training as well. At least the one I learned, um, the psychologist who's taught me EMDR, Graham Taylor, has a fleshed out version of this, which he calls stacking the deck. And it's essentially just going back to, again, your brain's positive network of memories where you have a proof, you have felt sense that you can do something. So you can apply this for all sorts of things, but I've just applied it here for this concept of when you feel like oh, it's all just too hard and why it was work easier. We all feel like that at times. You can get that feeling back again. There's tools to do so. I've just given you one. Hopefully that's helpful and I'll be less nasally <laughs> when I talk to you next time. But perfection doesn't matter. So hang on to that. <laughs>